back to another episode of the Healthy Christian Project, where we seek to connect our faith to our fitness, health, and everything in between. And as you know, there is a pretty big gap with that. I'm actually traveling this week, and so to make my life a little bit easier, and maybe to make your life a little bit better as well, I have compiled two episodes from my course. Episode one is going to be Everything you need to know about food and about, you know, macronutrients, calories, diets, and everything you need to know for the basics of food and where to start. That is a little bit longer of an episode, and you'll hear that immediately come on right after this. And then episode two is going to take a little bit more of the mental approach of food. How should we approach our food? What about anxiety? What about fear or worrying about overeating and stuff like that? So that's what we're going to tackle in these next two episodes. I really hope you enjoy. I'm calling this the ultimate guide to food. Uh, We talk about the Bible and what the Bible says about food and really what's most important when it comes to dieting and lifestyle choices and all that. So without further ado, this is the ultimate guide to food and I'll be back afterwards to recommend another episode after that. Cheerio, pip pip, and enjoy. Whoosh. I don't have a transition, so that's your transition. Whoosh. All right. We have a lot to go over today in today's uh, module because it's all about food and everyone knows food is always a struggle. Let's start off today with reading from Matthew 6, verse 25. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Back then, they had the problem where they didn't know where their next meal was coming from. They were often hungry and going without food. Today, our problem may not be the same. Uh, We may often have too much food and overeat and then get worried about our overeating and get into this vicious cycle. But the point remains the same, not to worry about food. So we got a lot to go over today. And remember, I'm not giving you a comprehensive everything you need to know about food, but I'm giving you a high level overview of the basics, the basics of food, what you actually do need to know, not all the extra stuff that people tell you and that you don't need to know. Now, Let's start with the very most basic thing, calorie. Everyone knows what a calorie is. It's a unit of energy. You see it all over. This meal has 300 calories. These chips have 260 calories. And just looking at the number like that doesn't really mean much, but you have to put it into perspective of how much you specifically as a person, your body needs per day. And to do that, we use something called a basal metabolic rate. If you've ever heard the word BMR, it's called basal metabolic rate. Essentially what that means is it's the minimum amount of calories that your body needs a day just to survive and do basic things like keep your heart pumping and keep your brain going. These are considered essential calories. You need them. Then any movement you add on on top of that increases how much you should be eating. So for example, Not saying that this is you or me, but just to keep the numbers even, let's say that your BMR, basal metabolic rate, is 1,500. That means your body needs 1,500 calories a day just to survive. 
now kind of puts a little bit more perspective into what's in that bag of chips so what's in that salad now let's say that you do a 500 calorie workout that day now your body needs 2000 calories does that make sense i hope it does so therefore the higher that your bmr is the more that you can eat without gaining weight does that make sense i'm hoping that you're nodding across the street it's the screen Okay, now there are some things that affect your BMR that you can't do anything about. For example, your age, the older you get, the lower your BMR goes. Your height, can't really do anything about that. Your genetics, can't do anything about that. But rest assured, there are things that you can do to affect your BMR. So the more muscle mass you have, the higher your BMR is because muscles need more energy, whereas fat doesn't need energy because fat is energy. Muscles need energy just to survive. The more physical activity you're doing and calories you're burning, obviously the higher your BMR is gonna be. And even your diet, the foods that you're eating and putting into your system affect your BMR and how high it is. Some foods, for example, proteins, need a lot more digestive power. So your calories gotta go up. So if you've ever heard of the term, uh, you burn more calories eating a celery than is in the celery. It's uh, it's not fully true, but if you take into consideration, yes, you're chewing and the calories you burn there, but also the digestion, then it could end up equaling the same amount. Now, I'm going to put a link to a BMR calculator down below, but I want you to understand that it's not 100% accurate. And actually it does change day-to-day depending on those things that we mentioned above that you can control but with that being said take it as a suggestion rather than this is your bmr and it's written in stone now that we know what a calorie is and how many calories you may or may not be getting per day and how much you should be getting per day it's important to understand what classification of calories those are so there are three macronutrients if you've ever heard that term for sure you've heard of proteins and carbs and fats. Proteins are super important macronutrient. Your body needs them. They build muscle, they build your organs, they create, they are the cell structure that holds their cells together. They catalyze a ton of chemical reactions in the body and they do a million more things. Extremely important to get enough protein in. Carbs are the main source of energy for your body. When you're on a run, when you're on a walk, your body's mostly using carbs, glucose in its most basic form. And underneath carbs, you'll sometimes see fiber. Now, fiber is something that helps your digestive system keep things moving smoothly so that you don't get stuck. And finally, there are fats. And fats are also a source of energy, but it's more of a stored source of energy, something that can be used later. They also help to make up your cell membrane, and they're also required for some nutrients. Um, We'll talk about nutrients in just a little bit. So those are the macronutrients. Now, I don't know specifically how much you need of each macronutrient, but typically what we see in the Western diet is an overload of fats most of the time found in grease and stuff like that and carbs with a minimum amount of protein so 
my general suggestion, again, I don't know your specific situation right now. General suggestion so far is to increase your protein because most of us in America if or Canada, if you, le- if you read our food labels, they're telling you that 60, 40 to 60 grams of protein is enough. And it's not. It's really not enough per day for the average person. Most of us have more than 40 to 60 grams of, or pounds of muscle mass. So it is directly correlated to how much muscle mass you have. The more muscle mass you have, the more protein you should be getting. Overall, you should be increasing your protein intake. Carbs, we get a ton of those. Our, our fruits, our vegetables, oats, rice, pasta, bread, candy, those are all carbs. I'm sure you're getting enough of those. But not all carbs are made equal. Some carbs digest very easily, give you energy very quickly, and then give you kind of like a a crash. Other carbs take a little bit more time to digest, but give you a continuous release of energy over time. Neither one is good or bad. They just have different functions. And then finally, fats. Fats, again, super important. Your body needs fats, but there are different kinds of fats. You might see sometimes on your nutrition label, polyunsaturated, monounsaturated, or saturated. Your body needs all three of those. They just have different functions in the body. They're not bad. Your body does need them. You can find them in things like olive oil or or other kinds of oils. I'm forgetting every uh, avocados, stuff like that. Now, the only fat that is bad for you is trans fats. If you've ever heard that word, not a good word. Trans fats are artificially made in a lab to keep the food that should not be fresh for that long fresh. So Twinkies or or burgers and stuff like that often have a lot of trans fat to keep things fresh for a long period of time. They increase your shelf life and stuff like that. But trans fats are solid up until 45 degrees. You know, olive oil, it's a liquid fat, meaning at room temperature, it's still liquid. Trans fat is solid. Your body has an average temperature of 37 degrees, meaning even when it's in your body, your body is not, it's still a solid. So stay away from the trans fats. Try to get zero grams of those per day. Okay. Those were the macronutrients. Now, there's also micronutrients. So underneath that, what you might be seeing is things like calcium, vitamin A, vitamin D, vitamin C, zinc, iron, all of those things. And those are what we call micronutrients or vitamins and minerals. And they're extremely important. They help prevent disease. They maintain your tissue functionings like your skin and your your hair. They also play a role in your overall well-being. And they do various things. They also help your immune system. For Example, having any mineral deficiency, having a zinc deficiency actually causes hair loss, causes skin loss, causes a worse immune function. So overall, you should be getting a balanced amount of vitamins and minerals a day. Now, again, here's the problem with the Western diet is it's so focused on sugars and fats with not a lot of vitamins and minerals because it's not real food that you are getting deficient. Most of us in Canada, I believe it's 90 something percent of the population has a vitamin D deficiency. That's not necessarily from food, but we just don't get exposed to sun. But there's also a ton of other vitamin deficiencies, omegas like omega-3, 
are coming from, you know, seafood and stuff like that. So the more whole food and diverse your diet is, then the more you can address those vitamin and mineral needs that your body actually needs. Now, finally, moving on to water or your hydration. Most of us are not getting enough water, usually one and a half to two and a half liters per day, depending also if you exercise and if you live in a hot climate, it could be a lot more that your body needs. Dehydration is a big risk for many of us today, causing a lot of diseases and you know, causing brain function loss and, and stuff like that. So another problem is drinking the wrong kind of fluids, like lots of pops and lots of coffee and coffee with, you know, the 500 calories worth of creamer and stuff like that. Let's get our water in. Water is essential for your body. It, water is essential for overall well-being, for healthy skin, for healthy digestion, and for literally everything else. Now, with all of that being said, I want you to understand food is two things. The food that you eat is fuel. And yes, that is completely correct. Food is fuel. If you think of yourself as a car, the food that you're eating is like gas. Extra fuel goes into storage. And that's what we call like subcutaneous fat, the fat around you. That's called stored fat. That's just a stored energy. Lack of fuel means that you're not getting enough energy. And if this is happening for a long enough period of time, then your body enters a kind of scarcity mode. Remember, we talked about BMR. If you're eating less than your BMR per day, then your body's going to realize and every calorie that you eat is going to be so precious that it's going to hold on to each one for dear life. So don't put your body into scarcity mode. Now, finally, with all of that being said, we know, you know, keto diet is just having no carbs and, and all these diets, carnivore diet is all meat, meaning all proteins and stuff like that. All of that being said, whatever you're reading on the internet, whatever people are telling you, whatever diet it is that's in these days, the whole point here is you have to find something that works for you and not everything will. There's always going to be people telling you what diet they did that helped them to lose 15 pounds in two weeks or whatever it is. But if it doesn't work for you, it doesn't work for you. You have to find something that's sustainable. And most of the time, let me tell you from experience, if you try to do a million things all at once, it's not sustainable. If you try to stop eating junk food, stop eating this, go cook your own healthy food, meal prep six times a week, do this and do that all at once. It's not sustainable. And so what's the solution? 1% better each day. Choose a small thing. Just one tiny little task. Maybe drink enough water that day. Maybe it's include a vegetable in your meal so that you get those vitamins and minerals. Maybe, you know, whatever it is. And just focus on mastering that task. And once you're done that, move on to the next one. The thing about food is it's really simple. Most of us know what to do, but just aren't doing it. All this information I've given you today probably isn't new information. I hope there is some new information that, that guides you a little bit, but you probably already know what you should be doing with food. You probably already know that McDonald's five times a week is, is not healthy. You probably know that you should eat a salad. We already know the things that we need to be doing, but aren't doing them. 
that's where accountability comes into play. And that's why having a coach or an accountability partner or a group, a community to keep you moving is so valuable. So look for something that works for you and stick to that without trying to change a million variables all at once. And then finally, food is not just fuel, but food is also emotional. Food has, you know, a time, space, a memory linked to it. Some of us eat food for because we're bored. We want something to chew on. Others eat food to deal with stress. But food was never meant to take the role of a savior that helps you deal with all your stress. Food is emotional, and that's completely okay. Enjoy your foods at your holidays and banquets and all that stuff. But don't inflate food to take the role of something that it was never meant to do. Now, we went over a lot today, and there's still a lot more that we can talk about. Hormones and your thyroid and digestion and everything in between. But let's stick to the basics. Because remember, when we master the basics, that is actually what's going to help us achieve our goals. Whoosh, new episode. Last week, we talked a little bit about food. We talked about the basics, about the calorie, about the protein, carbs, and fats. We talked about the sustainable diet, 1% better each day, about vitamins and minerals. And here's the thing. All of these basics of nutrition, what you actually need to understand in order to start seeing progress are fantastic, but they can also leave you a little bit overwhelmed. I want to talk about the mental aspect of food, and this is what's often most neglected in the fitness industry and health industry overall. Diet culture which if you don't know what diet culture is, it is the culture that you need to be doing a diet in order to achieve your goals. And what your goals should entail are thinness for women and six packs for men. In fact, we usually idolize those goals. But that culture, that diet culture is actually out to tarnish our relationship with food. And most of the time we don't even realize it. Here are some telltale signs that you may have a flaky relationship with food. If you're feeling guilty after you eat something, if you feel ashamed after you eat something, if you feel anxious about eating or your meal, if you feel like you need to punish yourself after eating something, then this is going to be a good module for you. Food is not a moral issue. We often think it is, and it makes sense because, you know, there are some morals when it comes to food. In the Old Testament, a lot of the Israelites were, all of the Israelites were restricted from certain foods. Yet, gluttony is also a sin. But what gluttony is, is a lack of self-discipline and self-control, overindulging in pleasurable things, a habitual greed and excess eating. That's what gluttony is. It's enjoying food taken to an extreme with a lack of self-control and an overall, I want to pleasure myself. It's selfish at its desire, at its core. But this is completely different than choosing to have a burger or a pizza or ice cream over a salad or something healthy. Healthy. 
the specific food that you eat does not come with a level of righteousness. And often this kind of thinking will lead us to develop eating disorders. To give you a very crisp example of what it means when I say level of righteousness, if you ate some poor food choices, what you would consider poor food choices over the weekend, you ate bad over the weekend, you are not bad. A lot of us confuse our language and it has big implications. I ate bad over the weekend is not I am or I was bad this weekend. So the specific foods that you eat do not come with the level of righteousness. They don't mean anything. They're just food. Fear and anxiety about food is actually more harmful to you than any sugar or fat or any ingredient in your food. Fear and anxiety about food does not come from God. God told us not to worry about food. Jesus told us, do not worry about what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body or your clothing, what you will put on. Does not your heavenly father supply for the ravens who neither eat, who neither toil nor spin? In the same way, he will provide for us. But he told us, do not worry. But anxiety about our food is the opposite of worrying. Okay, so we may have some kind of mental problems when we approach food. It's common. How do we fix it? Number one, I want you right now in your mind to give yourself permission to eat all food. And don't worry, we're about to talk about some very important conditions in this, but you have permission to eat a burger, to eat your ice cream. Nothing is off limit. I know this sounds extreme, but hear me out. When you start limiting things and you say, I can't eat this, all of a sudden you are creating a restriction that your mind and body are going to fight and that all you are going to crave is the one thing that you're restricting. Food is neither good nor bad. It's just food. Yes, some foods have more nutrients and support better physical health, but some taste better, and some even support social health. For example, don't be that person who goes out with your friends to a pizza restaurant and says, I'm on a diet, I can't eat that. That's not supporting your social health. So give yourself permission to eat all food. Number two, listen to your body when you're hungry. Your body is incredibly smart. That's how God created it. And it comes with some internal cues. You have insulin and ghrelin, these hormones that regulate your hunger levels. And they tell you when you're hungry and when you're satisfied and when you're overstuffed. So. Listen to your body when you're hungry. And often what happens is we allow stress and we allow, allow our emotions to dictate what, what and when we eat, even if we're not hungry. So take the time to develop awareness and ask yourself questions before you go and grab that snack, before you go and start a big meal. Ask yourself the question, am I hungry or am I stressed, bored? 
anxious, insert emotion here. If you're hungry, eat. If you're stressed or bored or anxious, pray, spend time with God and cast your burden on him. Number three, you do not have to punish yourself if you've had a big meal. You do not have to burn 400 calories during your workout. You do not have to starve yourself with fasting after your big meal. Have a big meal and just get back on track. You didn't gain all your progress in a day or with one meal. You're not going to lose it all with one meal. Our bodies were created by God, and they were created incredibly smart. He gave us the ability to be hungry and to be full. And that's where what we call intuitive eating comes into play. Intuitive eating is developing an awareness of your body and understanding what our body is, what it's communicating to us, how you're feeling, when are you hungry, how hungry actually are you, when are you satisfied. And by understanding these things and communicating with your body, simply sometimes asking yourself, how hungry am I on a scale of 1 to 10? And when you get to that 80% level, stop eating. That's called satisfied. You don't need to eat past satisfaction levels. By developing that awareness, it'll help you to become better with food, how you approach food, and how you eat food overall. Remember, food is a gift from God. He did not have to make it taste good, but he did anyways. So enjoy the food. Back to number one. Give yourself permission to eat all food. And now here's the condition. Moderation. Enjoy it in moderation. Me, I'm a personal trainer. I work out six days a week. Everyone thinks my diet is oatmeal and chicken and, and rice and vegetables and salads. It's not. I often have pizza. I often have Smarties or M&Ms. I often have a lot of the things that people would consider not right. And I get comments for it. And yet I maintain this lean physique all year round. And it's not because I'm dieting. I'm not dieting. I've given myself permission to eat these foods in moderation. Proverbs says, he who finds honey should eat just enough. If he eats too much, he will vomit. God created these foods, and he gave you the ability to enjoy them. So enjoy them in moderation. Well, I really hope you enjoyed these episodes uh, about food and how you should approach food and the basics of nutrition and all everything in between. I know we, we talked about a lot, and I hope you're able to get something out of it. And remember, I don't want you to do everything at once, but if you listen to last week's episode, just 1% better each day. Just choose one thing and work on that. I'm going to recommend another episode. Episode 30 with Liesl Maddox is called What Does Biblical Nutrition Look Like? It's a really good place to go from here. And as always, thank you for joining us and join us on another episode of the Healthy Christian Project next week where we connect our faith to our fitness. Talk soon.